the DH. I really like Brett Lori, and I bet I could watch you smack your hair out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Resting Pitch Face, episode 18. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And, uh, God, I can't believe it's been 18 episodes already. We were just talking about this before the show started. <laughs> um, on that note, actually, our show anniversary, our one-year show anniversary is going to be coming up uh, in a little over a week from now. Uh, I think our first episode aired on June 6th of 2016. So by the time this one airs, it'll be roughly a week. Um, and we're, we're kind of contemplating some things to, to do to celebrate. I think we're going to be having a giveaway on our Twitter uh, on that day. So everybody keep your eyes peeled for it. And we'll let you know some more details on our Twitter as we get closer. But if you want to know, you're going to have to follow us on our Twitter at Rest in Pitch Face with no G. Um, we'll probably post something to our Tumblr. Resting, oh, actually, I'm sorry. We have redirected our URL for our Tumblr. It is now just restingpitchface.com. So anybody who wants to look us up, check us out, restingpitchface.com. And email us at restingpitchface at gmail.com. We're kind of trying to streamline our brand a little bit. Keep it simple. If it weren't for Twitter's character limit, I think I we really have that nailed down. Um, Can we appeal uh, yeah. that? Is there a process? Can we ask them to make an <laughs> exception? Hashtag on brand is suffering here because they won't let us put an extra letter in. God, it would be so much simpler if that was the case. So, but yeah, so that's, that's our one year anniversary. So, you know, like, hey, say happy anniversary to us. I'm just going to shamelessly beg that one. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's been a, it's been a long road and we're here now and uh, we hope we're thankful for you guys for sticking with us for this long. And we're happy to see all the people who are just tuning in right now. Uh, also, though, in our in our sort of our news, um, Laura, do you want to? Sure. So I am going to be temporarily disappearing for part of the summer. I promise I'm coming back. Um, I'm doing a bunch of traveling this summer because I'm actually starting grad school in the fall. So this is my last chance to do that for a little while. Last um, hurrah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I will miss at least one episode. I'm going to keep it to a minimum, hopefully, depending on where I am when we're trying to record. I might be able to get it on Wi-Fi, but um, we're not completely sure. So basically, I will be having a lot of fun trying to watch baseball in Europe um, <laughs> with weird time differences. And let's, let's not pretend I'm going to not be doing that. I'm going to be trying to keep up as best I can. And probably I'm going to be finding it pretty frustrating because um, there's like not a whole lot of, of coverage of baseball in Europe. I think I'm going to have trouble with that. Really? Uh, they don't like baseball over there? They just don't. They, they're not really <laughs> into it. Um, so anyway, so Kay and Sid will be holding down the fort. There's probably going to be a guest or two. Um, I'll be in and out. But just, you know, FYI, when you hear an episode that I'm not on, don't worry. I am coming back. Um, I'm just going to be gone for a little while this summer, about six weeks. But you will be very missed. Oh, Correct. thanks. And when you come back, we're going to have to sing Backstreet's Back. Yes. All right. Okay. In, in, I in, will. Its in its totality on uh, the podcast. I don't know all of the words. We oh, no. You're not, you're not singing. You're getting sung, too. <laughs> no, 
I still don't participate. We will gently serenade you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Every time I sing, the cat thinks I'm sick or crying. <laughs> so, like, gentle is not a phrase I would associate with serenade. <laughs> More like, sweetly screech at you. Does she try to? Does she try to join in? Yeah. Um, or sometimes she sort of meows mournfully and then licks me on the arm because, you know, I don't groom myself and that's why I'm crying. <laughs> she thinks you're wounded. I mean, that's, yes, that's fair. But yes, we will, we will miss you, Lara, while you are seven hours and, and many baseball games away. Actually, we should, ju- you should just be spreading our podcast across Europe. I'll do my best. Graffiti it in in Munich bathrooms and <laughs> like yeah. we do have listeners periodically from various parts of Europe. We had somebody in Yemen at one point. I'm pretty sure. I think that's probably people with the VPNs. Hey, you know what? I, I, no, I I, think I that's choose to believe VPNs. I choose to believe that we have a vast international following. I, I choose. Well, you are now responsible for growing that following. Yes. We have at least one person in Canada. Yay! Yes, they have that baseball does... in Canada. They could have so baseball is... in Yemen. You don't know that. Yes, I, I, I am fairly comfortable with there is more baseball in Canada than Yemen. There's more baseball in Canada than Yemen. That doesn't mean there isn't baseball in Yemen. I'm not going to Yemen, by the way. I don't. Yeah, I don't... no, no, of course you're not yeah. going to Yemen. But that does technically make us international. Yes. Much like baseball is technically international. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, it was intergalactic uh, yesterday. Yes. For Star Wars Day. I got really excited because um, I thought there was going to be baseball in space. And then I remembered, right, Star Wars. Yeah. I yeah. better make it again next year. I was at Star Wars Day two years ago and I haven't gotten there since. So please, Kay, let me live vicariously I... through you. Tell me all about it. I don't feel it really changes from year to year. I think I've been for three different years and it's always cute and always super nerdy because of course, as it should be, as it should be, but it doesn't really change. They had the local Jedi club. There's actually a more proper term for it. And I can't remember what it is, but they're like the society for the historical anachronism or whatever. Um, but only with Jedi's Society for the Historical Jedi Wars. I don't know. <laughs> An Anakin of Jedi's. Like, what would be the collective noun for Jedi? An Anakin, a Luke in a cave. Uh... No, Anakin <laughs> killed them all. You can't have the plural of Jedi be Anakin. Okay, fine. Then Maybe I stand by a Luke in a cave. A, a temple. Ice, a temple of Jedi's. <laughs> plural of Jedi is Jedi. It's not Jedi's. I know. It's because it's Los Ultimos Jedi's. Jedi is the, is the movie coming out. <laughs> Like, that's how people figured out that it's the last Jedi plural. Plural. The last oh, is it really? Yeah. So, like, I hadn't seen they that. were trying to keep it, like, the last Jedi in English, and it's ambiguous. Is it, you know, you know, mm-hmm. is it talking about Luke? What are they talking about? And then it's, like, Los Ultimos Jedi, and then whatever the French one is. And it's, like, nah, that just means, like, the last Jedi plural. So Damn you, translations. Yes. Spoiling it for everyone. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> Spanish exists. <laughs> um, but the, the, the Star Wars Day at Nats Park was cute. I mean, they had, they had these people from the Jedi Club. I'm just going to call it the Jedi Club because I don't remember the name of it. Doing uh, choreographed fight scenes on the field and all around the park throughout the game. They had CG flyover of the Millennium Falcon. What? 
You mean that real flyover of the Millennium Falcon? That's bullshit. Wait, how do they do that? <laughs> they do it on the Jumbotron. Yeah. yeah. They didn't do that two years ago. Well, they could have sworn they The Millennium did. They did Falcon wasn't there two years ago. I guess Han was busy. It was, it was stuck on Jakku. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. So who was who on the scoreboard? Uh, okay, so these are a lot of them haven't changed, but these are the ones I remember. Trey is young Luke, a new hope Luke. Nice. Tony is Return of the Jedi Luke. Nice. Um, oh, he would look good in that. Zim is Han, which is wonderful. Zim is Han. Sorry, I was talking over you. Yeah. Nice. Zim is Han. Worth changed. I'm pretty sure changed this year. He is now old Luke from uh, Force Awakens on the steps. I really like that. Yeah, it was really I fitting. like that so much. It was really fitting, especially now that we've learned that uh, Worth didn't come by his like organic hippie bearded look. He he came by that naturally and is in fact an organic farmer bearded hippie. I can't so, believe I can't believe the thing about the the like quail habitat is wait true what? And not a joke. Oh my god! So did you not see any of this? He's no. got like a gazillion acres of organic farm somewhere. In yeah, the middle it's like a hundred acres. And he like gave a speech at some conference about organic agriculture last week. And quail habitats. Yeah. And there's quail habitats on his land, and he's all excited about the fact that the quail population is now resurging. Of course huh. he is. Of course he is. You know, all of the jokes we made about Steven Strasberg's beard and how he looks like he makes his own honey, Jason <laughs> Worth might actually make his own honey. He okay, does! But... There's beehives! There's a bunch of them! He has a bunch of them! Of course he does! But, like, Steven Strasberg looks like he makes his own honey in Williamsburg, in Brooklyn. And, like, <laughs> no, he'll no, tell you about it while you're just trying to get a cup of coffee, goddammit, Steven. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Worth looks like he's making his own honey in case the, like, the apocalypse comes. <laughs> And whilst wandering through the countryside with a baseball bat fighting off like zombies or whatever, you need honey. He it's started a, totally a program. He started a program to help small farmers who wouldn't otherwise have the resources but want to become organic to help them to do that. Okay, that's actually super awesome. Isn't that awesome? I'm I, so he excited. Also got a speeding ticket for going a hundred miles an hour. I feel like this commitment to environmentalism is is odd. Well, that was a while ago at this point. Maybe that was before. Like it's he also had very, a... two very different types of environmentalism. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm gonna drive a get like a car that has the fuel efficiency of blah blah blah, and I'm gonna do it real fast enough aren't, that I had to go to jail for a couple of days. Aren't sports cars actually more fuel efficient than the SUVs that presumably a lot of the other team play the other players drive? It's not a hybrid, and it's not a mule cart. So like true, <laughs> true, or and it's not a bicycle. Yeah, Tyler Clipper. Right. Tyler um, Clifford was taking his life in his hands doing that in DC. Like, I don't know how his, like, insurance that I assume covered his arm or whatever covered that. Yeah. Well, we um, don't know that Jason does not now drive a hybrid. Uh, no, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he doesn't. I've seen recent pictures of him in the exact same car that he got the speeding yeah. ticket in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he liked fast car, go fast. All right. Whatever. Um, whatever. He can do whatever he wants to on his gazillion acres of land somewhere flat where there are no people to get in his way and he won't hurt anybody. Yeah, maybe he's got like like two of those acres as just a giant oval for him to drive around in as, as fast as he wants. Either way. Hey, you know who else likes to go really fast? Luke Skywalker. So like it all makes sense. At the end of the day, organic farmer, beard, flowing hair, older mystic dude also likes to go really fast. 
I, I mean, I guess. Are you <laughs> okay? Lucas specifically kind of canon not cut out to be a farmer. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, this stupid dirt farm where we farm dirt under our two sons. I can't wait till, like, the mystery dude who lives in the cave can take me away from all of this. <laughs> like, that doesn't he spend the entirety of the first movie not wanting to farm? He just yes. wants to go buy some converters. Yeah, power like, converters. It's literally like, how much do I not want to farm? I want to farm so much that like a mystery dude in a cave and a really smart trash can and an annoying GI Joe figure can lead me out of farming. Like that's how much he doesn't want to farm. And and I, you know, I love R two D two, but yes, I as the first movie treat, treats him for the most part like a smart trash can for about. We don't two know. We don't know that. Old Luke from The Force Awakens has not found a newfound awakening in his love for farming. Well, he has to eat something on that uh, rocky island in the middle of an ocean. Right. Fish. So at the end of the day, Jason Worth, <laughs> Old Luke Skywalker, it all makes sense. Yeah. I rest my case. Okay. I think it's actually one of the most fitting ones. Oddly, they didn't have anyone cast as R2-D2. And so I'm tra- <laughs> I've been trying to think of like who would have actually been a good R2-D2. Um, I feel like Adam Eaton with his little cart Oh. <laughs> oh my god. No. no. You nailed it though. Just because they're the same size. <laughs> and he rolls around and makes encouraging noises. Does he does he also just communicate in beeps that are also swearing? Because <laughs> like I, I feel think, like he might. I think I like the mental image of him doing that. Yeah. They yeah. made two years ago they made Michael A. Taylor Mace Windu. No. They did again. They did again? Okay. But first of all, he's way yeah. too young. Yeah. Okay. Second it, of all, yeah. the lightsaber, at least two years ago, on the Jumbotron looked super pink instead of purple. Well, that's nonsense. That's, so, like, it was really not... Just... Yeah, I mean, it was probably just, like, it, that, it was Tatooine that day. There was so much just heat and solar glare. So that's probably why. But, like, I was kind of annoyed because there are Jedi who have pink lightsabers. I, I just got really pissed off about accuracy, and I think everyone I was with just I have a feeling that with me anymore. Mainly, just the the jumbotron is not like super color balanced. It looked more purple this time around. Okay, good. Because um, like, Siri Tachi has a pink lightsaber, but like, he's not Siri Tachi. You have I also definitely... don't think he's Mace Windu. <laughs> I mean, not particularly. Yeah, no. No, clearly. I mean, okay. If Trey is young Luke, Michael A. At the very least, is like Wedge Antilles. Right. Of course, we're talking Photoshop here, and there are how many black characters in all of Star Wars? Well, Three. that hasn't that hasn't stopped them though, because Defoe was Empire Luke in the yeah. swamp. Oh, that's fair. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Also, he would if if of the three black characters, like he's not Mace Windu, he would more likely be I don't know Finn or maybe Lando if he also liked capes. Like, well, he now has terrible facial hair, so he should have been Lando. Yeah. Mm. They did somebody else's Lando a, co- Lando a couple years ago, but I can't remember who it was. Um, I could kind of buy him as Finn, assuming we have to be casting it along those lines. Yeah, I don't um, feel like we we should be casting it along yeah. those lines. So no, Defoe I mean, is that's, Swamp Luke? Yeah. That's probably the only reason anybody, even if they made Defoe Luke, that's probably the only reason anybody made Michael A. Taylor Mace Window in the first place. I mean, they resemble probably. each other in no other way. Although, to be fair, it's not like Zimmerman really, really <laughs> resembles Han Solo. In- I mean, he is a white man with brown hair who is tall. He looks more like Yoda. 
We were but... trying to decide if they were doing straws as Yoda because they didn't actually do a, a Star Wars picture for straws. And we were sitting there going, what? did they make his ears a little longer? No, straws did... looks like, like uh, Ewan McGregor era Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't, they didn't do anything. They just had his face like normal. Um Maybe That's they screwed lame. up the Photoshop that day. I like that we have, by the way, like a list of bullet points as long as my arm. <laughs> and we're like, now nah, let's just talk about which Star Wars characters each other should be. We uh, all have relatable a Relatable content. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, then, speaking of Strasbourg, as much as they didn't give him a, like, a Star Wars character persona, he still kind of Star Wars aced it. Uh, new career high in K's. 15 beating his previous career high of his debut. That was pretty impressive. I hear it was awesome. I missed the whole thing. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was good. And he finished at, I think, one of nine pitches. So, like, reasonable number considering where he started and the amount of Ks that he had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he did, a, he did a, a bang up job there. And it was really fun to watch and to, like, you know, you get to eight Ks and you're like, okay, let's see how far we can take this, <laughs> you know? Um, and everybody went nuts when he got the 15, so. That's awesome. Um, well, how many did Max have the day before? 13? 13. Yeah. Yeah. Which, right. everyone's like, wow, yeah, and then we're like, oh yeah, Max also pitched 13 case. Like, yeah. that, that's good. Like, I feel like we've just become accustomed to excellence. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. and he, the stat that I couldn't come up with last time on the air, which I later posted on Twitter, sorry about that, um, the strikeout related stat that he had just matched Clinton Kershaw on was the active player who has the most games with more than 10 strikeouts. So since our last episode, when Max had just tied Clinton Kershaw, they've now each had one more. So they've kind of been trading back and forth. Um, They both currently have 53 career games with more than 10 strikeouts, which, you know, sounds like Max and Clinton Kershaw. Um, so we'll see as the season progresses. I'll be kind of entertained if they just keep trading that stat back and forth and matching one for one because I kind of feel like they would both go out of their way to do that. So mm-hmm. can I can I ask you, last night Kershaw pitched, right? Um, did he tie Max or did like or did he just not add anything to his total? Like did Max tie him with his 13Ks? Max tied Kershaw- him. Okay. Um, so Max is the one who at the moment is playing catch-up, but... Well, Kershaw I don't think I don't. Ground. Yeah, I don't think Kershaw gained any. I'm gonna double check now, but mm-hmm. I don't think Kershaw gained any ground on him yesterday. Because yeah. it's not uh, just well, t- the I mean, number t- of Ks; it's the number of games with that many Ks. Right. Yeah. I mean, ten Ks is hard to hard to get to. Um, I mean, the best thing. I mean, Max hitting thirteen Ks. I think part of the reason we weren't talking about that as much, maybe oh, well, aside no. from the fact that go ahead. Kershaw didn't pitch last night. He's pitching right now. Oh. oh, right. Okay. He's two innings in with two strikeouts. We'll have to see where it goes. But so Max tied him, and now we're waiting to see if he takes if, the lead back. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, it's Clinton Kershaw. His, it doesn't seem like he's started out terribly well in this game. Although I could, I just glanced at it quickly, so I could have been reading the wrong yeah. line. But, I mean, you can't really ever rule him out of anything. True. But you can have a, a great day pitching and still not necessarily get 10Ks. It just doesn't seem Right. I mean, story of Tanner Roark's life. <laughs> he's not a strikeout well, pitcher. He's freaking yeah. brilliant, and I adore him. But that's not his yeah. primary means of getting outs. Right, and he's also having you know his own struggles at the moment, which maybe we don't want to no talk about right this minute. Um, but I think part of the reason, aside from the fact that like Straws got 15 the day after Max got 13, is what was better about Max's game is that he almost pitched 
a complete game, yes. was one out away from it. Yeah, I actually missed, sadly, I've missed both of the last two games. Why did he not get the last out? What happened? Uh, I think, I, I want to say he's, he was just at pitch count. And I think he yeah. had let some runners on. Okay, um, pitch count, runners on. And, and it was just like, let's it. just not take the chance. Um, I think. I, I was not actually watching the last inning either. So. Gotcha. That, that's what I would have um, guessed. And anyway, yeah. I mean, Coda apparently had just like some very, very beautiful strikeouts in those yes. last two games. So I'm yes. fine with, much as I would have loved Max to get a complete game, um, which would have been his first of the season, I'm never going to argue with seeing pretty strikeouts from Coda. Yeah, um, I I am hesitant by everyone being like, well, is he a closer? Well, he's being used like a closer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let's just put out the trash fire of the bullpen before we start assigning names to the roles that people have. Yeah, I mean, there were a yeah. few people on Twitter saying, well, if we don't call him the closer, maybe he won't get the like defense against the dark arts position yeah. thing put on him. Um, and they didn't call him the closer for a little while there, and then they just did. But, like, honestly, it's yeah. just so arbitrary at this point. It's always arbitrary. I mean, the concept of a closer is arbitrary. I wish we're not we're not talking about this right now because I haven't sent you guys the article, and we've never discussed it before this moment. But I read a little while ago an article from Nate Silver basically being like, let's get away from saves as a stat and have this mm -hmm. other one that is far more effective of measuring relievers and their importance, which is the goose egg. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. Thank you. Can we move away from closer and saves and just talk about this? And that counts everybody. But we're not going to talk about that for two because you guys haven't. Well, maybe Sydney, you kind of sound like you might have read it. Um, no, I, I mean, there's a lot of like everyone. Everyone thinks that using saves as a stat is silly, except you get paid. Right. Um, and so the players track it like there are certainly great relievers who have been eighth inning people like mm -hmm. Rivera comes to mind. Um, and then, like, there are certainly, you know, people who pitch in the ninth inning in save situations who are not closers in the way that, like, Kimbrell or Melanson or right. Pappelbaum. God, I don't miss Ugh. him at all. You know who I don't think about? Jonathan Pappelbaum. You know, I think about him every single time I go to the park, and I keep seeing one dude with a Pappelbaum t-shirt. I'm like, really? Have when Grace and I took a... Really, dude? When Grace and I took a Fenway tour, there was a girl in a Pappelbaum socks jersey. That at least I understand. Understandable? Yeah, I mean, it's the one city that yeah. still has the warm fuzzies about him. God knows why. Well, because the one city he didn't act like a complete ass, only a marginal ass, and he actually performed for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but like, you know, the, the idea of a closer, I think, is, and this like closer mentality, and like, <laughs> I don't know. I I think it was Bob and FP. Maybe it was it was uh, yeah. It was Bob and FP right before this game, um, before the rain delay. We're talking about like, oh, Coda has the closer mentality, and FP's like, yeah, he's got the goatee, he's got the mohawk, he's got the serial killer look in his eyes, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want any of. That. I mean, the goatee and the mohawk, uh, the goatees, whatever. The mohawk is good, and the serial killer eyes are like, take him or leave him. But like, those for entirely different reasons than his ability to pitch. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um and so like there's like closing to me also is is in addition to laden with a stupid stat which saves are is laden with this sort of mythos of the closer and you're like sometimes you guys see the middle or bottom of the order a lot more than the eighth inning guy yeah. like it's just yeah. contracts are done by number of saves so people right. value a stupid stat cuz they want to get paid. Um, but you 
they get paid because people value the stat, and then they value the stat because they get paid. And the only way to change it is to remove the getting paid and the counting the stat at the same time. Yes, absolutely. So and you're like, you're gonna have to get a different measurement in order to justify paying people differently based on an, uh, based on a single stat. Yeah. Uh, well, and Matt Albers was in the majors for how long before he got? He's now has two saves, but he was in yeah. the majors for ten years before having any saves, and was still, right. you know, as far as I can tell, he's eating, um, you know, in terms of getting paid. So yeah. like, eh, um, I just kind of am like, eh, it's it's a dumb stat, and people should feel dumb. And um, I, and in in the context of as we started with this naming Coda the closer, feels almost like putting it like a jinx on him. Yes, fold, fold, fold. you know, like especially because him... he's so young. Yeah, like let's just let him do what he's gonna do, which is pretty awesome at the moment. And then, not we don't need to call it that in order to get the quality that we're getting. Yeah, and the other thing is, if we don't call him that, like there are gonna be situations where, as we've talked about many times, the most high leverage situation is not necessarily gonna be the ninth. Right. And you know, if he's our most dependable lights out guy right now. I want him in the biggest situation. I don't care if it's the ninth. Mm -hmm. So in a certain mm -hmm. sense, I'm sorry that they went ahead and called him that because that makes me think that they're less likely to use him flexibly. Yeah. And yeah. like relievers are people too. Like they need some routine and like to know which inning they're going to be pitching. And like we've, we've overcorrected on like situational use to the point where people are like, I don't know if I'm in the sixth or the ninth. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to prepare. I don't know when I'm supposed to get up. Like when I really need to be like, flexible mm -hmm. like physically um yeah. et cetera, et cetera. so like we've overcorrected under in the matt williams era under like the opposite way um and so i think there just has to be a balance between like these very like rigid roles and like people feel feeling like the relievers feeling like they just they don't know what they're when they're supposed to be used and how and for yeah. what reason because it's it could be it should be they should know based on the type of situation not the ticking clock or ticking outs of the game yeah should be okay these are the relievers or these are the batters that this guy is going to be good at so he should always know if they're coming up he should get ready yeah yeah that's, that's right? doable it's good it's a different paradigm but it's doable yeah and i think like you know, I, I think that that does involve some some measurement depending on like if they're playing in series or if particularly right. like you're playing against the AL where it's like oh, I don't know who these who these people are um, versus like if you're playing against the Phillies, which is like Anthony Rendon. I think at one point was like we have played the Phillies so much, I don't need to play them again. He's <laughs> um, just like we have seen them like a lot, and we will always be seeing them. Oh, but he was just like enough already. Yeah. 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 Well, I think there was also wasn't the schedule kind of front yes. end loaded with Phillies series. It was, and he yeah. was just like, "Yep, we sure have seen their pitching <laughs> a lot, and uh, we're not going to see them again until what August or something." I think. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. The same thing happened with the Marlins last year. We like played them a ton through May, and then we didn't see them again until September. Um, but I'm much happier seeing the Marlins. Well, yes. I like the Marlins so much more than so many other teams. Well, and the Marlins don't come with like their obnoxious fans in a cheering section who come yeah. down to games. Like... Although at this point, um, sorry to our various listeners of other um, stripes, <laughs> uh, the Phillies fans have been supplanted because they're not really coming down and being obnoxious anymore. A different sorry, NL East fans. team. 
Yeah, sorry, Mets f- fans that listen to us. Uh, sorry, not your sorry, Mets fans. Your co-fans are being really obnoxious. Rain in your brethren. Yeah, yeah also, being like, rude. the fact that, you, you know, how do I put this? Like, it's not like we've ever lacked for teams that suck in Nats Stadium, <laughs> in, like, Nats Park. But, yeah. like, you don't get to be obnoxious D-bags, and then your team is just like, wow, your team sounds like what I imagine a black hole sounds like in terms of suck level. <laughs> like, just just colossally. They're just black holes had, had issues with injury management. Like... <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, no, they're they they need to they need to tone it back. But yeah, yeah. I, I, like the Phillies fans have definitely been far less obnoxious of late. So um, I guess because they know where they are and where they are is in the bottom. I mean, okay, should we talk about this? I guess we should talk about this. The Nats are doing some things really good and some things really terrible. But how much can we evaluate this? Given our division is is several black holes stacked on top of each other. Yes. <laughs> and we're just, we've just got like just enough escape velocity. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and even the other non-divisional teams we've played, I mean, we played the Mariners. Yeah. We're currently playing the Padres. Yep. I mean, there's clearly suffering with Jenny Baker on the DL for Tommy John, but like at the <laughs> same time, we can't really evaluate against them. Or, or, I mean, we can, we can kind of evaluate against them. It just doesn't get... I, I, no, I see what you're saying. We can't evaluate how good we are against them. Other than maybe we should be winning these fights far more handily. That's what I thought, frankly, about the Mets series. Yeah. Like, granted, have we played them since the, the 23 to whatever blowout? Uh, No. No. Like, granted, that game was ridiculous. Yeah, but that was following but, two losses. Yeah, two really, really gross losses that I was mm-hmm. at both of, and I now have an 0-2 record on the season. Mm. And no, I'm not bitter about that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bitter. I was two blocks away from the 23 to five game, and decided not to go. I know you were with us. I wasn't with you at game time. No, but like before game yeah, time, we had yeah. fe- we had fed you brunch, and you were like, "Nah." <laughs> Why did you let me be that way? Yeah, no more brunch we- for Laura. Yeah, games. seriously. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> great fun. brunch because it we was- went 23 to like five. True. It was an excellent brunch. Point. But no more of you guys reinforcing me being blasé about going to games. <laughs> if I'm iffy, you guys, it's now your responsibility to yell at me. Make sure you I go. Make sure I go. I do this to Jen Rubenstein all the time. Oh, should I go? I'm bad luck at the playoffs. Maybe I shouldn't be there. And I'm like, I would kill to be in D.C. right now. You're going to go and you're going to like it. Life is short. Go to baseball. Yeah. Right. So I need you guys to do that for me because I should have gone to that freaking game. You should have gone to that freaking game. We all should have just spontaneously picked up tickets, but nah. Yeah. Who know? If we had gone, maybe they wouldn't have gotten 23 runs. That's not how it works. Maybe that's how it works. That's not how it works. Are you undermining baseball superstition, Laura? Not in general, just that one. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, like. How much of this stuff can we say independently, this is actually working really good regardless of the team that we're talking about, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really... The offense has been really excellent, but we haven't seen a ton of them against really lights out pitching. Yeah. So who have we seen them against that Jordan Um, really lights out? Well, okay, so looking at the the sort of ranking of the the whole NL, right? So Mm -hmm. 
they do a stat called it's a simple rating system that basically takes into account run differential, which sometimes is a good good measure of uh, of a team's sort of compete level if you're winning games by one run or if you're winning them twenty three to five, um, as well as strengths of schedule. And based on that, the Nats are at point seven, which is not terrible, but the Dodgers, Colorado, and Arizona, all of whom are obviously in the NL West, are all above us. So, you know, we're not competing against, you know, we're not competing against the rest of the, like, the NL West. So if the Nats were, were competing against the Dodgers, Colorado, Arizona, and yes, we're playing the Giants um, and the Padres, so we will be competing against the NL West. Right, know, although aren't the Giants pretty terrible Oh, right they're, not, yeah, they're, they're not good this season. Um, um, their pitching, I understand, is not <laughs> yeah. is not up to snuff. Yeah, but like the point, the point being that like if it's a question of sort of how how good are the Nats versus have we just played against five black holes stacked on each other? And I think the answer to to both is essentially yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it should be noted, like in terms of rankings of other teams by the same rating system, the Phillies are at negative point seven. <laughs> is at negative one. Atlanta is at negative one point one, and Miami is at negative one point three. Ouch! Yeah. So like we're a full unit above the next <laughs> NL team, and we're one. It wasn't one of you saying that like the the second best team in the NL East is worse than the worst teams in the in the other. Pretty damn close, I think. Yes. When I looked at it uh, yesterday or the day before. The so NL Central, the Pirates are at the bottom, and they have um, an equivalent record to the to number two, the the Barves in the NL East. I think the Barves are slightly higher, but that's just because they played slightly more games, so their winning percentage is a little higher. Um, or I'm sorry, they played slightly fewer games. Yeah, the the yeah. Braves are right now 21 and 26, and Pittsburgh is 23 and 27. Yeah, um, but it like. Even if they are just beneath the number mm-hmm. two, that's, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, and I, I think even the Padres are better than most of our division. I'm pretty sure. No, they're, they're 18 they, and 33. They're the worst. Oh, now. they're the worst. Okay. Then they're just the worst. But still, <laughs> <laughs> like. The Padres be bad. Yeah. We, we say while losing to them five to three right now. Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, no. Is Joe not having a good time? Joe is already out. Oh God! I mean, was... trying to then. The, the problem is that the better. Um, well, the uh, he he may not be. Well, he was at the top of the seventh. But like the issue with with Joe is every game he's pitched seems like it's been a blowout in favor of the Nats. So like we haven't had Joe in a lot of situations in which you know it wasn't. Well, his last start was two. really good. Yeah, it was. I um, mean, but it still was like a big a big difference in terms of runs like he gets a lot of run support and has all season which is great but like it, i think it's sometimes it's it's skewing a little bit like the the pressure on him just because like he can make a few mistakes i, I don't know if that's it i don't know if i would entirely agree with your assessment um but i also can't really refute it at the moment <laughs> like i i because I, I mean the thing is the problems that we've seen with joe have been almost completely independent from the run support. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm just saying that, like... So, yeah, he was having issues with, like, his arm his arm slot 
in location. Yeah. But no, I'm just saying that like in the games where he's pitched well, it's also like he's gotten a lot of run support early and often. So like the amount of pressure on him to be perfect, perfect, perfect in the game has been less. But as a result, like maybe he's performing better because the pressure is lower. He And the last part is obviously speculative. Yeah, because the thing is, I mean, he just, he's only had one start back from when he went down. Yeah. And in the beginning, I don't think he was performing better. I think he was having real genuine struggles and was having difficulty getting through five innings. Um, so I feel like it's kind of like divorced from the amount of run support. Like he didn't, it wasn't on him whether or not we won or lost the game, mm-hmm. but talking about just him and his ability to pitch, you know, <sighs> I don't know. I'm not looking at the stats right now. So this is I this is entirely like the worst way to rate baseball, but my gut feelings on it, you know, I test. But I was just, you know, last 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 start he went 8 innings on like 100 pitches, 101 pitches. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was really really solid and it it felt like it didn't matter how many runs he got cuz he w- looked good and was making the right adjustments and was able to stay and at a much needed time stay in for 8 innings which while our starters have been doing well, they ain't going so long. They've been getting better, <laughs> but they ain't going so long into games. So um, it's just a, kind of disappointing to hear that he's already out. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, well, it was this, he was out in the sixth. So they had Turner come in, and then okay. it's all into sort of normal relief, which with uh, yeah. Trinan and one assumes, and then I don't know who's going to be the eighth and the ninth right now. So, I mean, he wasn't out in the, in the second. Like, he, he made it to the sixth. Yeah. Okay, so I, that's that's better. That's better, and I I'll have to go uh, look at some of the game when we're done here, just to kind of like see what his actual pitching looked like. Um, I was just so hopeful after the last start because he looked like he really had gotten it when he went down, like he'd gotten that under control. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he did, and maybe this is just having a bad day, you know? Yeah, I, I would say I assume the rain delay right at the beginning is probably also a problem. Yeah, that's like how sitting there with your arm all wrapped up waiting for it to stop raining and it's cold out and blah 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 blah. so like that can also that can also be a problem yeah but yes we are currently losing to the worst team in the national league you gotta win these ones you know and yesterday was closer than it should have been although admittedly their pitcher has the weirdest pitching mechanic motion i've seen in a long time and like the more i watched it the more physically uncomfortable i became um (laughs) It looked like he was dislocating his shoulder and then ragdolling his arm. It was really weird to look at, and I can imagine extremely difficult to pick up on, which is why it was a one-run game for Who has that really weird pitching motion? Uh, he looks like he's got like a stop in his motion, right? Like he goes halfway, stops, and then goes. I know who you're talking about. And then like like a sudden snap to it almost. Yeah. 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 God, I wish I could remember his name. I actually had a moment. I was like, wait, is that the same guy? And I was like, no, yeah. that guy was a righty. This guy's a lefty. But yeah. Ugh. But still, yeah, that guy looks like he's Chad Qualls' little brother. And obviously, if I Google that, that's not going to pop up right. <laughs> <laughs> Relief pitcher looks like in Chad Qualls' family is not Chad Qualls. It's so hard because you want to you be able to talk about all the good stuff that's been happening. Because it's hard to see it as not good stuff, even if it's against teams that, you know, we should be pumping, you know? I've been saying for a couple of years now, the Nats have a weird knack for beating the teams nobody else can beat 
and then going and losing to whoever's worst in the division. Like, it's a pattern somehow, and I don't know why, or, like, maybe it just feels that way. And but... we are 2-0 and o against the, the Padres. Right. Um, that we are 1-2 and two against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is not this year. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're struggling. They're, they're, uh, they're having some problems. Yeah, though, um, have we talked about uh, Gift? Oh, have we? I don't know. No, we haven't. Oh, I don't know. His, I haven't looked at his stats. Like, I don't care about his stats. Him up. The fact that he exists is is a joy is joy enough for me. Yeah. Um. So, like, this is. I I went to a, a a wine tasting thing out at a at a vineyard yesterday, and the person doing the wine tasting was like, saw my friend's penguins hat, and then immediately it was like Pittsburgh sports times, and then you could hear my husband just make a long sighing noise, like I thought he had escaped. Um, he's but, batting two thirty one, he's twelve for fifty two. Yeah, so not a ton not of the worst. bats, but but doing decently. He hasn't homered yet. His on base percentage is. is Point three three three. So like he's gotten on base one out of three times he's been up, which is good. You know, maybe he needs to hit a little bit more. That being said, like you know, out of of his twelve hits, it looks like it's uh, two doubles and a triple. Nice. So you know, um, uh, and I'll say that the one thing that that I don't need to know stats about him. Every single time I see a picture or a video or whatever of him playing. He looks so overjoyed to be playing. Yes. And that is really wonderful. Yeah. It's it's really fun to watch. Um, for like, listeners who don't know what the heck we're talking about, this is uh, Gift uh, Ngopi. I think I'm saying his last name correctly. I may not be. I haven't heard um, it out loud, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, he is the first African-born player to play in Major League Baseball. Uh, he is from South Africa. Um, he The way he got into baseball is his mother was like basically squatting for lack of a better term in a amateur baseball club. Well, she worked for them too, didn't she? Yeah. Like and she worked she for them and them. they lived in the, yes. kind of in the clubhouse such as it was. Yeah. So like they lived in a clubhouse, but like it was because like she was living there and then they offered her a job as I believe the, the way that it worked. Oh. Um, and he's, you know, got drafted into the pirates organization. Um, his mother unfortunately passed a few years ago and now he's also on a, sucky sucky pirates team um because like turns out andrew mccutcheon is slumping starling Marte is on peds and uh no no i am not personally not sorry that gung is uh in prison in korea <laughs> for the ui um but like clearly they've had uh some issues with players they've had a rough little bit of it in a like being there and performing uh, <laughs> but you know it's it's sort of a a modicum of silver of silver lining also the pirates are used to sucking so like at least they're doing what they're good at <laughs> that's nice they oh. are literally the most losing team in all of professional sports oh, uh, oh no are they really no, no no they were like no 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 like for 10 so they had a longer okay. running record like a longer record of seasons under 500 than any other professional sports team oh and so, like, yeah, that that uh, when they finally managed to win eighty-two games, <laughs> it was literally headline news. Yeah, <laughs> like the the newspaper headline was eighty-two. Like, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their management was terrible. They would sell all the talent. Like, it was a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, we we remember how the Nats were prior to like 
2011. <laughs> oh god. But like <laughs> we don't yeah. know suffering the way that pirates fans have like known suffering. Clawed our way out of it pretty quickly, honestly. Yeah. Um, in so. the history of the franchise. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shout out to Pirates fans. But like yeah. that's been a, a good a good story in an otherwise terrible year for the Pirates. Sorry we missed going to PNC. Every year it sneaks up on me way too fast to actually plan a trip to go out to PNC to see the Nats Pirates uh, series out there. Uh, I almost go every year, and then I'm like, oh, wait, there it went. There it went. Didn't plan it. <laughs> you could just go and eat pierogies and watch baseball. It doesn't have to be Nats baseball. It's, this is very true. It's a nice park. Very fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It just seems more, you know, I don't want to be that guy wearing the hat of the wrong team. <laughs> I like wearing the hat of the wrong team. I know. Like, you make friends. Yeah. <laughs> that said, I did just buy my first um, baseball t-shirt belonging specifically to a different team than my mm? team. What? I bought what? myself an Adam Jones shirt, finally, because I've been talking about okay. it for six months. Oh. So I finally Acceptable. got it. Actually, I've been talking about I'm, it for like three years, to be fair. I'm but, all right with that. You should have yeah. played it with this first. You know I have a uh, an Orioles pet calendar in my office, right? So you do, I know. And at, somewhere in this house, there's an Orioles jersey and several Orioles bucket hats from, like, my significant other's childhood and then all of the Orioles games that I've been to where somehow I always get the most ugly bucket hat in the universe. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, did you see the, the jerseys that they had yesterday and the hats they had yesterday with the Maryland flag on them? I did. They I were so I cute. Yesterday because... I want one. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? I, I thought they were pretty ugly. No, they are they are great. Do you understand what it means to live in Maryland? I don't, and I don't want to. <laughs> if you if you lick them, they taste like old bag. Yeah. Not just the that jerseys. Flag. All of the Orioles. You yeah, if you get... lick Zach Britton, he tastes like old bay in a restraining order. I don't <laughs> I don't wanna lick Zach Britton. <laughs> I can think of other Orioles I would pick long before Zach Britton. I told you, my uh, my coworker thought it was like a hunks with pets calendar. I'm like, that's Buck Showalter. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like his beagle, like, like or basset hound a lot. But hunks, I was like looking at her like, that's clearly Buck Show Showalter, <laughs> and either a beagle or a basset hound. But it had floppy ears and it looked like him. <laughs> I was just like, ah. No, <laughs> but you tried, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> when are they going to do the next Nats pet calendar? They've talked about it. There have been pictures from the shoot. When are they actually are, releasing it? Are those officially pictures from the shoot? Because it's a picture I of Coda so. with a puppy, which to be fair, could just be a random picture of Coda with a puppy. Because No, I think he captioned that. it that it was for the pet calendar. Did he? Let me look. Is this I'm on, pretty um, sure he did. Is this on Coda Glover's Instagram? Yeah. Because, I mean, I definitely believe that he's a person that probably just takes random pictures with dogs. I mean, I believe well, that of most baseball players, to be perfectly honest. It, um, has the little, it has the little caption that says Coda Glover with Leo that looks like last year's, or the last pet calendar that they did. But it could have been, like, maybe he did a promotion for the Humane Society? Yeah, it was definitely for the Humane Society. Yeah. Um, um, it's not on his Insta, because apparently you have to log in. It's a private what? Insta. He may have just oh, made well, it private. Wow. I follow his Insta. Yeah, are you listening to us right now, Coda Glover? Do you feel creeped out? Because we were not even that creepy about you. <laughs> way <laughs> creepier. 
<laughs> well, I guess now I'll have to be our insider source on Coda Glover. I mean, I yeah, follow the, him, but I haven't like three thousand two hundred and thirty-five other people who follow him. Yeah, no, it's definitely, and it's got the check mark, etc. Like, I think he heard me think, hmm, I wonder if it has more pictures of him shortlist on it. And then it was like, <laughs> private account. <laughs> I mean, I can report back about that, too. Thank you. Like, I'm upset that you haven't. I can still see him. Well, maybe you followed him before he went private. Sid doesn't have an Instagram. No, I, but even, I don't. But even following before you get private, they still have to follow you back, don't they? No, if you followed before they lock down, they keep their current followers unless they remove you. Huh. Thanks, Things youth. to learn about social medias. Yes, thanks, the youth. You're welcome, <laughs> the old. Thanks. Hey, at least, Sydney, at least uh, she didn't have to talk you through Bitmoji, which she did have to talk me through. Speaking of, Bitmoji does <laughs> not have a purple hair option, and I'm pissed. Because you have purple hair now. Because I have purple hair now. Okay, not just like... In general? Yeah, like on, on general principles, but like I mean, also that, but like I have purple hair now and I went to change my Bitmoji and it doesn't let me make it purple. I'm sorry. They don't have a lot of hair color choices, I've noticed. I mean, they have like pink, blue, but... orange. Well, they will, like, is Azrubal Cabrera not a hair color that you can select? <laughs> like, is, is the Puerto Rican uh, World Baseball Classic team not a hair color <laughs> selection? Because, like, I feel offended. I mean, it doesn't particularly look like anyone's hair I've ever approved of. <laughs> they all looked great. <laughs> <laughs> they looked like they were having a good time. Yeah. So, they uh, looked like they were having a good time and then an appointment with some clippers. Because, <laughs> like, it looked like, it looked like, I was like, that's, that's not good. That's straw. That's, like, 98% straw. <laughs> like... And I feel this way about most dudes. I'm like, you don't know about conditioner. Yeah. You don't know about moisturizer. My husband didn't, I, like, has confessed to me that he has never used lotion. Ever? In, like, the ten years we've been together. What does he do in the winter? I, I think he might just crack and peel. I'm not sure. Doesn't I was looking that, at him like... So, well, th after... Doesn't like, that hurt him? Um, the day he confesses this, he like had like a thing, like like a little dry spot on his arm, and I was like, "This is cocoa butter. Be a human." And um, so, like, he's like, "Wow, it fixed it." What? I almost never use lotion. Well, no, no, no. My it hands turn into lizard hands in the winter. It gets no, better. My hands turn into cracking lizard, bleedy hands in the winter time. Well, so we're walking on the street, and there's a dude at a <laughs> bus stop with his shoes off, who is rubbing Vaseline on his feet, and I'm like. Dude at the bus stop knows what's up. Like, <laughs> but like, apparently, I'm no better than the dude at the bus stop. No, you, 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 and, and the the husband are worse than uh than dude at the bus stop, <laughs> who at the very least knew that like Vaseline was gonna be a, the solution he wanted. Okay, <laughs> do you have okay. did did you have a traumatic event with lotion when you were a no, small I, child? I just don't remember to use it like I, when they my hands start to bleed then i will like oh i should put lotion Aww. on uh. <laughs> all right you and the puerto rican baseball team can all come to like makeover camp i guess <laughs> i did also when i was 14 bleach my hair that color well then you definitely all can come to like <laughs> i'm envisioning you guys like entering the emerald city all at the same time yeah, um, no. anyway let's pivot away from hygiene <laughs> and into tyler clippard <laughs> Tyler Clippard, the opposite of bleeding cracked hands. Yes. I certainly, I certainly hope so. 
<laughs> Tyler Clippard likely also does not moisturize. Oh, he's a pitcher. I bet he does. He might. Yeah. I bet that's like like that's something pitchers learn from a very young age to prevent uh, blisters. Robert Hill hasn't learned it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nimble supple Tyler Clipper. That is true. The New York Post did call him both nimble and supple. <laughs> I will never be able to unread that or unthink it. Yeah. <laughs> has anyone uh, ever? Has anyone ever? called another human being supple without it being weird no i don't know <laughs> no no i'm trying to think, think of anyone possible. we could call supple without it just getting weird i was it's like, like it's I'm, like I'm describing your... anything hmm? it's like describing anything other than cake as moist just don't well what can you describe as describe as supple leather yeah um leather <laughs> yeah i'm struggling to think of something beyond leather uh <laughs> Shoes made out of leather, <laughs> um, cake, <laughs> bull and cake is something I want to. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it's not creepy. It's just a, not particularly apt if it's about cake. Yeah, it's just weird. It's yeah, like, that cake might taste weird. Uh, maybe I don't <laughs> want to ingest it. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like uh, under specific circumstances and in books aimed at teen girl, uh, like preteen girls, horses were sometimes described as supple. That might be true. It was weird, but at least they knew their audience. Yeah. Um, but like other than that, no. Pretty much, if you're being described as supple, it's gonna it's gonna hit creep factor pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, so the article we're referring to had a great title. For the record, before we got into the unfortunate line there, uh, the what is it? The unexp the relentless excellence of Tyler yes. Clippard. Yes, there you go. The relentless excellence. What I'm trying to remember was whether Clippard said that about himself or whether the article said it about him. About being supple. Worse. <laughs> yes. Whether he's whether what did he did describe he... himself as supple? Does one no. ever describe oneself as supple? I mean, I don't. I just wouldn't. It wouldn't occur to me. But it yeah. was phrased in an odd way. Um, who taught Tyler Clipper the word supple? Sorry, <laughs> I answered my question. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, I, I, I don't know if they were hyper-competitive about Scrabble, but I wished, I, I choose to believe that they were. Chris <laughs> would have been hyper-competitive about Scrabble. Oh, yes. I fully believe that. I don't know if he could have gotten Clip to go along with it. I, I'm choosing to believe. Yeah. I think when you get a bunch of hyper-competitive people, you can probably get them to be hyper-competitive about anything, even if it's not something that they would otherwise like. This is true. Um, yeah. So the exact quote about suppleness from the article is, <laughs> like Mariana Rivero, Rivera or David Robertson, Clippard recognizes he was blessed with a nimble body. I guess Mariana Rivera and David Robertson also recognize that Tyler Clippard was blessed with a nimble body because that's... <laughs> <laughs> that modifier is not in that phrase not appropriate to the rest of the sentence, but like whatever New York Post. Supple fingers, wrists, hips, and shoulders. Like, how do I put this? I have never once described a dude's hips as supple. <laughs> and that's saying something, because you like, have to be and, pretty creative yeah. with turns of phrase. Yeah, like, yeah, that's just one of those things of like, nope, nope, that's a bridge too far. Like a supple-hipped bridge too far. Like, <laughs> like what? I, 
Yeah, so um, basically, no, Tyler Clipper did not describe himself as supple, thank God. Mo Rivera would But he recognized that he, <laughs> oh, I guess he recognized the nimbleness, but not the suppleness. That's I, all in the uh, article writer. <laughs> yeah, no, oh. Tyler Clipper is not using, is it uses firmly, like, normal words. Like, I'm pretty sure this quote could pass, like, the Upgoer 5 challenge. Um, the what? Oh, uh, so you you know the comic XKCD? Yes. Um, one of the challenges that he came up with is like describe like to describe things in science well. You should be able to do it using the thousand most most common words in the English language. Um, and he, at one point, he described a rocket like rocket number five was up goer five because rocket is not one of the thousand most common words, but up and goer are. Um, but like, yeah, Clippard's quote is, is probably would pass that challenge. Like it's mm -hmm. not using any words that I don't think appear in the thousand most common words, which <laughs> actually would be a really good test for baseball player quotes that are they using any language besides maybe some te slight technical language that would not be in the thousand most common words in the English language. I mean, given that 90% of pitching gets described with the word stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Great uh, stuff, didn't have his stuff, needed to adjust his stuff. Like, you, there's just, I actually, I was cleaning out my desk because I'm moving. Um, did you and, find all of the picture stuff? <laughs> no, but I did find a <laughs> lot of newspaper clippings, um, including both the New York Times and the Boston Globe's coverage of Max's second no-hitter, and an article that was in the Times the same day that was called something like Pitching and All That Stuff, which was basically a systematic review of all the ways that you can use the word stuff in pitching and how it means so much and so little at the same time. I really feel that's like waiting to be parodied along the lines of all that jazz, all that stuff. <laughs> I really feel like... like Lara, for when you're overseas, that is your assignment. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's just singing all that jazz, but like you just interrupt and go, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll put clips of pitching over it. <laughs> It'll be beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, baseball players definitely use the word stuff a lot. Uh, feel is something that gets used in very versatile ways by them. Mm -hmm. Like, not, like, about how they're feeling, but, like, saying someone has good feel for things. Like, uh -huh. encompasses... How to feel for the feel basketball, for the how to feel for the yeah. change. Or, or just, like doing stuff by feel having good feel can like encompass like they have a major league approach and attitude and like weird and, and sort of unquantifiable ways things like that so like coda glover has good feel for the closer role means like coda glover has a stare like a serial killer um <laughs> like it gets used like that sometimes and i think it's just mm -hmm. maybe because again they're limited to the first thousand words of or the most common thousand most common words in the english language so yeah. But yes, Tyler Clipper, <laughs> subtle, supple, and nimble. <laughs> oh, yeah, I kind of wish I had never found that article to begin with. Be because it, it makes you look at him and the, the gifs of him like flapping his hands across the bullpen. And you're like, ah, yes, the relentless elegance of Tyler Clipper. Flap, 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 I feel like we could write a really good baseball article that would yet also parody really terrible baseball articles. Oh, that would be easy. Like, 
there's there's almost no amount of talking about baseball players' bodies that we could do that would not be creepier than what mainstream baseball writers do. Honestly. Yeah. Like, and I feel like... Well, okay. What? We have deliberately... I mean, we have talked about licking Zach Britton in this exact episode. I think that might be a bridge too far. Like Old Bay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I it think wasn't... that's a bridge too far for most professional sports writers. <laughs> Other than that, I completely agree. Is with it? Is honestly, it? honestly. Which, okay, you can put a Twitter poll out on this. Which is creepier, saying you want to lick Zach Britton to see if it tastes like Old Bay or describing someone as supple? Because most people <laughs> think supple would be creepier. I wanted to do that for like scientific reasons. I'm, I'm okay. posting this Twitter poll like, right now. Okay, go for it. We'll we'll air the re- we'll we'll put the results when we air the episode. Um, but oh, I mean, I'm, I don't disagree sorry. with your main with your main concept here. Um, and you know what? How many years ago was it when back when we still had Roger Bernardina, and there were multiple written multiple articles written by professional sports journalists about. Basically, how hot Roger Bernardino was. Yeah, well, he was super hot. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, there's 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 meat there. <laughs> there was. <laughs> like they were like two inches away from, like posting a picture of him pouring oil on himself shirtless. Like, so yeah, I guess you're. I. I there like, may not be a bridge too. Far. Does somebody want to <laughs> clarify for the Twitter where we're trying to lick Zach Britton? I don't know, someplace not uh, creepy. The forehead. There is no <laughs> place that is not licking someone's forehead is unusual and that makes it more creepy than some of the like expected All right. places. Back of the hand. Someone. If that's helpful. Back I'm of the hand. I'm just gonna say lick Zach Britton's hand. Okay. <laughs> um, you know. Speaking of uh, relief pictures we wanna lick, Craig Stammen is on the Padres. Yeah. I'm transitioning. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'm not. I, he, gonna, I like. I, I like Craig not, Salmon, but I don't. I don't know that he's like. If I'm making my top ten likable relief pitchers, eh, he's a little too square jawed, all American. Yeah, I mean, but like he looks like like the actual prototype that's meant to come out of the factory that made Man- Mike Trout. <laughs> like Mike Trout, like looks like the same thing that came out of the factory if it like melted like plastic does. I mean, we we literally talked about like two episodes ago or three episodes ago that he looks like he walked out of the cover of a really low budget romance movie or no- novel, like yeah. not Harlequin level, but like you know, retired from retired from baseball to go run his family's hardware store, and he here he is sitting on the back of a pickup truck, like where he meets like. gentleman farmer Jason Worth. <laughs> and from there, it's just incendiary. Oh God! I don't think that's a, a genre that would take off. Um, uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> it's it's actually in the werewolf shifter romance category. Uh, do you know how many of those there are? I do, and that's why I'm saying that. Like yeah. that is very popular. Someone yeah. today was like, "Google centaur romance. You'll be surprised." And I'm like, "I, I won't be surprised. I'll just be upset." <laughs> I don't want to Google that. I'm not interested in googling that. There are things that I'm interested in googling, and that's not one of them. You know that Arab uh, had a picture of him as a, himself as a centaur above his bed. Yes. What? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. We talked about this. I before. have never had this mental image before. You talked about it with somebody else. He what? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of centaur romances, like the rumor is, and I do not mean to like 
because I don't think this was this would hurt A-Rod's like reputation or future career earnings. But the rumor is that if one went home with Alex Rodriguez, one was treated to a portrait of Alex Rodriguez as a centaur hanging above his bed, and you got a gift bag. Which I just think I thought Derek Jeter was the gift bag. Maybe they were Uh, both gift bags. I think maybe gift bag is Um, really popular. Having you know, never licked any of them. But clearly the real love story is between Alex Rodriguez and Alex Rodriguez. Right, the yes. yes, the real love. I feel like Chuck Tingle, like we should just call Chuck Tingle and be like, look, I know you're doing political stuff now, but like A-Rod falling in love with A-Rod as a centaur, but like they both know it's him is an, is an just an untapped well for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Sid. Um, Meanwhile, Craig Stammen, not actually out of a romance novel or a centaur novel. (laughs) Or a centaur romance novel. Or a werewolf shifter romance novel about tractors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Friendly reminder, by the way. Periodic reminder. Don't ever Google anything that we talk about. Don't, Don't do it. We've told you this before, and we've gotten messages to the Tumblr saying, you told me not to Google this, and then I Googled it in a public space in front of my mom. And my grandma and my priest. That's why we tell you not to. Trust us on this. Reminder, don't Google the things that we're talking about. If you do, if you decide to, which we do not recommend, please, for the good of the children, do it not in a public place, not in front of your mom or your grandma or your priest or your little sister. I mean, come on. Or, or have a discussion with your mom first. Like, are you into centaur romance too? <laughs> I don't want to. No, no. <laughs> There's a lot of no going on there. I am. Yeah. Some people have, like, open relationships with, with their parents about centaur romance. I am not one of those people. I want to be I want to be clear about this. My dad know. does listen to the podcast. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, I talk about porn stars a lot. I was about to say, I'm really glad that my parents don't listen to this podcast because I don't actually want to know my mom's stance on centaur romance. I'm just not interested. <laughs> this will be a test. Dad, if you're still listening, we're never talking about this. Okay, no, we were talking about serious baseball stars. Craig Salmon. Who's a human? Relievers are people people too. (laughs) Takes on a whole new meeting if you're also (laughs) talking about centaurs. Oh god. So Craig Stammen. (laughs) Last night. He's doing pretty well for the Padres. Um, Well, his ERA started over five last night. But then he pitched against us pretty well for two innings. I'm trying to remember if we got any hits off of him. Well, his May ERA Uh, is much better than his overall. His overall ERA is still hovering right around five. But in the month of May, he's been more like 2.3. So he just had like um, a really bad April. He just got knocked yeah, around a bit. Yeah, so I think he had a little bit of a rough start. Um, but he's trending in the right direction. And, you know, it was really good to see him. Everybody was all emotional about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 nice that people other than us still are supportive of him and care about him and want him to be oh, yeah. well. I'm always happy to see that. Well, there was like no real reason to say goodbye to him. And so I think everybody was like, mm-hmm. Maybe like, that was just we, me. We kind of need a reliever. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what Turner is now. So, like, yeah. But Craig Stammen was real good for us. Yeah. And yeah. at the time, we like, were not super great. But he looks like he's doing good for the Padres. So maybe, you know, I feel like we're having a, another one of our uh, people we want back moments between Tyler Clippert and Craig Stammen. Somehow this is always relievers. Um, I feel like we've I never gotten over the, 20, the 2012 bullpen. 
oh, I absolutely have never gotten over the 2012 bullpen. Like, uh, like I feel like we're, we're going to be sitting in 20 years with, like, all three of us on a therapy couch. And they're like, <laughs> and the therapist's like, so talk to us about your 12, your 2012 bullpen issues. And you're like, <laughs> and then we all be crying. The thing is, I feel like the team hasn't gotten over the 2012 bullpen. Like... For whatever reason, that's kind of been our high point, and we've never quite gotten back there. The, the bullpen high point, not yeah. the overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The bullpen high point. I mean, the yeah. team high point. We have still haven't had as many wins as we had in 2012. That was a pretty good year. Um, I guess it depends on how you define the team high point. I think there's plenty of metrics other than wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, of course. Um, but, like... That still feels like it was our best bullpen, and we've never quite. We keep trying to get back there. We bring in outsiders to to beef it up, and don't resign the right guys, and this, that, and the other thing. And like, have any has anybody gotten past it? I think as an organization, no. Like the issue is like so the twenty. Just as a reminder, I guess if you need reminding about the twenty twelve bullpen and don't have like a weird shrine in your house to them, like <laughs> none of us would have. Nobody, none, none of us, us. absolutely mm-hmm. none of us. Um, you know that was Clip and Drew and Stammen and Sean Burnett and Burnett, um, um, and Christian Garcia was there for a little while. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Gonzalez was there for a little while. Um, Detweiler was no Detweiler was a starter that year. Yeah. Oh okay. I'm just thinking about who was in the bullpen read Fifty Shades of Grey video. Well, we had Henry Rodriguez, but he was gone before the like high point. Yeah, um, um, and he was not part of that high point that we're nostalgic for. Um, I mean, that's that's that, that's the real core right there. A good mix of lefties and righties, long and short. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who just, like don't have people too, super assigned to their role, but people who have a specific place that they are really good at, like. Tyler Clippert in the eighth, for example, you know, sort of the like standard bearer of that position. It's like you don't have to marry the guy to the to the inning, but you know, um, is Craig he getting married? Yes. Sorry, uh, speaking I, of Clippert, Clippert's getting married. I believe so. Yeah, I think it, uh, this fall. Yay! Yeah. Happy, go for him. Yay! To um, what's I, I guess his it, longtime girlfriend. His his very longtime girlfriend. Um, whose name is escaping me currently. I believe it's Brittany, and I believe the only reason I remember that That's is right. that yeah. Drew is also married to someone named Brittany. And we had to confirm it was not the same person. Different Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, we were like, wait, did they date the same girl? What happened? Yeah. Or, or, well, I think we also confirmed, like, well, Drew and Brittany are already married, and Tyler Clippert, is he just joining the family? And the answer was, was no. <laughs> they just, I, I think one is They're with an I, and one is with a Y. They're not putting an uh, 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 apartment over their garage for Clip to live in. Drew and Drew only, and in, only in my head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, behold how much we are not over the 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Family, no one gets left behind, Lara. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder. I mean, you know, all these relievers that are now scattered to the winds. Reading the interview that Craig Stammen did about being back in DC, it sounds like he's not terribly well over the 2012 bullpen mostly because he's still not over being a gnat because he hasn't really been gone for that long in terms of doing anything meaningful but I do wonder about the other guys you know like obviously it meant a lot for Clip for example to be a gnat but he's been in a lot of places since granted Mm -hmm. not for that long but still like like maybe the organization is still kind of trying to recover and we're emotionally I mean I wrote a song about him so you know take make of that what you will (laughs) but 
but the players that have all moved on are having mostly reasonably meaningful careers elsewhere. So it's not like the 2012 bullpen is stuck in some kind of Groundhog Day where nobody can be no. successful anymore. Like, that's not, you know, it's like they've gone on to bigger and better things. It's just sort of the Nats bullpen perpetually is not recovered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's what, that's kind of what you have to do, especially in uh, in a reliever situation. Like, I've been saying for a number of years, don't live a bullpen life. A bullpen life is made of tears. Um and it's doubly true for them. They know that they do not are not going to get long tenures at any one place. Like being bumped around multiple places on one year contracts or being traded, that's kind of what the life is. You don't like. I feel like part of the reason I, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself. Part of the reason I am so attached to Tyler Clippard, aside from the fact that he's just you know, certain people like attract your interest more than others. He's he was here for a really long time, and that is so unusual for a reliever. Yeah. Like he was here from um, we got him in two got him in two thousand and nine or is no no he came up in two thousand and nine and he got traded in two thousand fourteen, like that's five years. It was that wasn't it after New Year's technically? Uh yes, so I'm sorry, it was two thousand fifth. It was January. Remember, there was a lot of floor yeah, He was up for five seasons. Yeah, and that that is definitely yeah. a lot for you know a middle reliever. And, I, you know, going back to the concept of the closer and what it provides to some of these guys, not that closers aren't dealt plenty, but, you know, maybe less so. Once you have a guy who's kind of a mm-hmm. lockdown closer for a club, you want to hang on to him. Yeah. yeah. You want to pay a lot of money and keep him around. Um, um, I have Matt Albers stuff up just because we were going to talk yeah. about him. And he, we are his eighth team in 10, 11 years. Oh, that's Ouch. actually less than I would expect, considering Cliff is on his what uh, fifth team in fifth team in like the past three years, right? Because he was is with us. Fifth? He was Nats, uh, uh, Oakland, Oakland, Arizona, Mets, Yankees. Yeah, oh, sorry. Was- uh, Arizona. Uh, I'm sorry, I had that. I had them mixed up, but it's five. It, it is five. Nats, it was Nats, Oakland, Mets. Arizona Yankees. I always forget about Arizona. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, well, it was Arizona Mets, not Mets Arizona. Because he was on the team when they were in the playoffs. Was that what it was? Yeah, he was. No. He got traded to the Yankees from Arizona. It was Mets Arizona. He got went Oakland Mets. He went from Oakland Arizona to Mets. free agency. And then um, to the Yankees at the trade deadline. But regardless, it's five teams in like two years or three years. Like it's it's pretty quick. Um, so I'm actually surprised that Matt Albers has only been on eight teams in ten. Although, how much of that is minor league stuff? I mean, are we not counting the minor league portion? Yeah, it time? wasn't. I, I was only counting majors. Yeah. Well, I'm happy he's here now. Yes. Since he's been unbelievably solid, um, and 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 like definitely reliable for us. Um, and talking about uh, role assignments. I was listening, I, I was in the car during the rain delay this morning, and um, they were doing the Nats talk live, you know, Charlie and Dave and Phil Wood and everybody, and they were talking like, who deserves the eighth inning? Should it be um, Sean Kelly, or should it be Joe Blanton, or in the seventh? And and it was like, okay, it's stupid to say that. It should be whoever is the right man for the specific instance, you know, and at the moment, the right man for the specific instance has been Matt Albers, but... But, like, he'd been good. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about the beginning. He's gotten two saves. Um, 
And those are his only two and, saves in a in a more than ten year career. Uh, but but if he's never been put in a safe situation, like, you but know, like, yeah. Think about um, how long you have to be in the in the majors as a reliever, and you've never been stuck in that situation. Has Craig Stammen? Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I will take a look. Um, like long, a long reliever may never ever be in a in a safe. I'm not saying that that's what Matt Albert's situation yeah. is, but like a long reliever may never ever be in a safe situation because that's not what they're for. Um, unless it's a three inning safe situation, which is fairly unusual. No, not unheard of. But, not unheard of, but like certainly not common, especially in this day and age. People, you know, he are has not gonna... one career save. Does he really? Yes. Well, I stand corrected. Craig Craig <laughs> Stammen has fifty percent of the career saves that Matt Elbers does, <laughs> uh, and he's only been in the majors since two thousand nine. So, yeah, no, Matt Elbers just was never never that guy apparently. So, and now this year maybe he's, he's that guy. Well, I, I mean, I don't need him to be in a safe, like, safe situation. I just want him to be putting in, putting in outs when we need outs. And he's been the best. I, I mean, I feel like, not counting Coda's recent return, I feel like he's been the best overall at getting outs that we needed to get mm-hmm. when we needed to get them. Um, yeah, he's been very dependable for sure. Yeah, um, and the original reason I had brought him up, in addition to just being like, Matt Hubbard's and Coda Glover, you are, you are... Being good in a bullpen that is not necessarily... You are doing your gerbs. You're doing your gerbs. Um, <laughs> was that Matt Albers, obviously, um, maybe not obviously, like, mainstream baseball media in talking about being creepy about people's bodies has been super creepy about his. Yeah. Like, shout out, like, not shout out, like, call out to the dudes on Effectively Wild. It's not funny if you're positive about the fact that you're making fun of him for being fat. Like, oh, he's so jolly and happy. Oh, how how many people who are not, who don't look like Matt Elbers have you ever called jolly? Like. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's plenty of people who've been, like, not even trying to spin it positive. Like, ha-ha, like, he and Bartolo, blah, 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 like. Saying all this stupid shit, swear jar, um, and it's just like, I don't know. You think he's never heard that before? And okay, fine, he can't hear you. But like, you think the ten zillion people on Twitter who enjoy baseball and may or may not also be fat can't hear you? Like, I'm sorry. You know, like I've I'm not exactly a thin person, and I've been called a lot of stupid names for a long time. If I hear somebody saying shit about how, like, Matt Albers maybe should lay off the donuts, what do you think I think you're saying about me? Maybe I don't want to be friends with you now. And, like, maybe you don't care, but people can hear you. Yeah. And I think that that sort of needs to be emphasized. And also just, like, beyond that, in terms of athletes' bodies, like... So, kind of going going into the history of the sort of the way athletes' bodies get treated, like the mid twentieth century, the sort of supposition, and there was a lot of bullshit sort of tied up in this, was that like there is an athletic body type, and then the mm-hmm. last half of the twentieth century and the twenty first has been more about specialization to various sports. Mm-hmm. So, like athletes now in different sports look less like each other than athletes back in the day did. Um, and that's why you don't get the people who are, like, specializing in, or who can play, like, 15 different sports because, like, you just have more specialization. 
Well, yeah. yeah. And the other thing, athlete, he, his body does what it needs to do. Right. And it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that people get hung up on, like when it was not that it's stopped really, but like in particular, Pablo Sandoval has gotten a lot of crap. Oh yeah. And I think people like to pretend that because he's not playing well, that that gives you free reign to say whatever you want and it's okay. If a player is having trouble fielding their position or doing their job because they have gained weight, that is perfectly fair game to talk about respectfully and say, you know, he's not fielding well, he's not hitting well, blah, blah, blah. And there's ways to talk about it that don't involve calling someone names and dehumanizing them. Yeah, like especially if you're already doing it. I mean, people were saying that about um, pa- Pablo Sandoval or or Prince Fielder or CC Sabathia when they were actually doing their job. Like they were not being bad at their positions. Yeah, so no. it certainly doesn't hold up. You can blame it for their 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 problems later. And Lord knows, like David Ortiz is super skinny, right? Right. <laughs> they called him Big Poppy, Slim Poppy, right? <laughs> like no, and so it, it that becomes a thing of like. It, it's it's their deri- their bodies are derided regardless of of performance and the other thing is like connecting weight and performance is not necessarily like as solid a connection as people want to make it right and again that just like you were getting at before Sid it does depend heavily heavily on whatever sport you're in there are yeah. sports where it matters more you know like like going to space there's sports where you want your payload to be lower right like running long distance. You don't want to be carrying more weight than you have to be because you're in an efficiency game. Baseball but, is not long distance running. But there's also like something to be said for people who are long distance runners actually do carry more body fat than people who are sprinters because you need it. Yeah. Like to be a long distance right. runner. That makes yeah. sense. I guess I don't really know anything about long distance running. Thank you. For and so like that. there's a thing of like I thought you were saying that going to space was a sport. I'm like, finally. <laughs> no, I was, uh, I was thinking about how, like, in space, you want to minimize your payload at all costs. And certainly there are sports where that is a similar, you need a similar oh. strategy, which I guess you just mentioned sprinting would probably be the best example. But, yeah. And so, but like, again, it's people don't necessarily like, they don't understand the physical requirements of the sport. They just assume that all athletes should look like the sort of 20th century prototype of an athlete when they don't have to yeah it's like it's like you say okay well obviously a ballerina should be thin because you don't want to carry all that extra weight well you don't have to be people can do those things without being you know what you know without weighing 70 pounds soaking wet like you can still do the sport and like so what you should be judged on is what you're doing not what you look like while you're doing it. Right. And of course, yeah. you know, when you get into something like ballet, there are plenty of people who have aesthetic arguments that are thinly covering up the fact that they just don't yeah. want to see fat girls dancing, which is their problem, not the right. problem of the dancers, in my humble opinion. Um, but no, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, noted running hater Gio Gonzalez is still a good pitcher, even is, though he needs to run. Yeah. And he's not heavy. Just yeah. sort of incidentally, that's not how he's built. So we can laugh about noted running hitter Gio Gonzalez, and it's not a weight thing. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about Matt Albers, who's not that big, but is indeed somewhat bigger than your sort of prototypical baseball player, you know, think about the message you're sending, honestly, and think about the impact that it's having. And 
if you want to talk about like body diversity in baseball, I'm not saying you can't point out so-and-so looks different from so-and-so, but that's not what a lot of y'all are doing. <laughs> yeah. And like, if it's a sport in which Jose Altuve and love of my life, love of your life, Jose Altuve, cause he's hitting, hitting now. Yes. Um, yes. Jose my fantasy Altuve team is much happier. And, oh, I don't know. Um, Jason Worth. Jason Worth are, you know, are, are both successful or like Adam Eaton and like Bartolo Colon are both successful just in terms of like difference in body size, difference in body type. Like Trey Turner doesn't look like Wilson Ramos. But they do different things. Because they, they don't need to look alike and they shouldn't look alike for what they need to do. And so like... Yeah, and that's sort of the thing, but, like, everyone's like, oh, ha, ha, and, it's, and I'm like, yeah, y'all need to, like, just shut it, um, and then, again, back to Effectively Wild, because I, I was listening to that podcast, and I, I got mad, and I texted you guys about it, um, <laughs> which was just, like, there being, like, well, you know, does Matt, Al- did someone, like, take Matt Albers aside and, like, tell him to have a closer mentality, etc., and I'm like, you guys are ascribing a lot to somebody you don't know. And I do see that. Like, I assume Zach Britton tastes like Old Bay, so, like, clearly I'm not out of that. (laughs) But, like... Yeah, and getting back to... This this comes full circle nicely. Talking about who you decide is your closer and even things on scouting reports. You know, there is certainly... People make decisions about roles in games based on their preconceived notions of what people are capable of and it would be naive to pretend that appearance doesn't play into that mm-hmm. no you know, it will, it's certainly racialized that, a lot we've talked about plenty of this before you know how scouts make judgments about people and you know different positions and different specialties i suppose in terms of the bullpen people make decisions based on pretty arbitrary subjective beliefs um so, you know, it's not just a question of Matt Albers' closer mentality or lack thereof that we know nothing about. It's definitely – because that's one that, – that's a pretty small thing, right? Dude's got a couple of saves now. We have data. But, like, it's definitely a, a more macro issue. Yeah, and they were just describing a lot of, like, personality characteristics to what they assumed his personality was like, given his size. Yeah. Yes, because everyone who kind of looks like Santa Claus definitely acts like Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, Matt Albers comes into my house at, like, <laughs> after midnight once a year and just leaves presents. Well, it's weird, because it was, like, in April. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he certainly has given us a couple presents this yes. season. But uh, not so. after midnight in our houses, at yeah, least. No. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for you guys on that. Have we but... had a past midnight game yet? We must have had at least one. On the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um... Okay, well, yeah, sorry, I had to vent yeah. my spleen about it. Uh, no, I'm glad you did, because I did too. As we've said uh, more than once, this podcast is slightly about us venting spleen when, we need, when we've got too much spleen. So, <laughs> um, as a note, two of us have degrees in biology. Anger doesn't reside in the spleen. It resides it in the not. gallbladder, because you're full of gall. <laughs> oh, I don't have one of those, so I can definitely have too much anger. <laughs> you have, your anger is like a slow drip. <laughs> Yeah, throughout my whole body all the time. Versus mine just Ooh. saves up and is dispensed as needed. It, it all makes <laughs> sense. Science. Yeah, it does, actually. Here we go. <laughs> We're ascribing personality traits based on physical activity. I mean, you don't have a gallbladder. Like, that is true. 
Yeah. Um, Grace and I sent you a care package, in fact. I think it was yes. a Jason bobblehead. In fact, and thank you again for that. All right, I think at this point, we've before pretty, we go too much more into much. this. Yeah, I think we're, we're good. Uh, do you want to give us a quick quick uh, queer fancy stats, Laura? I do. Um, Jen has not posted to the Twitter in a couple days, and I guess I could pull up the spreadsheet and find the totals, but I don't really want to do that. So I'll just give you the total for May as of the 24th. So this is a couple days That's out of perfect. date. He hasn't played the past couple days. So oh, okay, that might be part of it. Like I yeah. said, I haven't gotten to watch the last couple days. Um so anyway. He he took a day off and then he got sick, so Oh, what does he have? I didn't see, I'm assuming because it was like a single day illness. It was like stomach bug or cold or something. You know? Gotcha. Can't he you finally laid that egg. Shots? <laughs> um No, he played this game. Or at least Did he? Okay. Yeah, he must have I'll I'll be honest, I think he was pinch hitting in the in the ninth, but Still, yeah. that means he probably just, like, ate something and then was like, whoopsie. <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't have the flu. <laughs> yes, hopefully not. Um, um, but so the total, so the total as of the 24th was um, $35.05. Um, and one other minor public service announcement. It may be too late by the time okay. this is out because um, I'm not sure when the exact deadline is. But if anyone is interested in going to night out, at the ballpark and wishes to do so with a group of people who are specifically interested in being there for night out. Not necessarily all LGBTQ individuals, but people who are there for that to support that. Um, Jen Rubenstein has a group together that last I heard was still accepting people um, to join up. And, you know, you don't have to know Jen necessarily. She's super open about having people join up. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can find her on Twitter at Jen Rubenstein. What 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 day is um, night out? I can't remember. Um, June thirteenth. June thirteenth. Okay, so there's. I mean, there's some time to go to it, regardless of whether you go in the group. But I'm sure we can get this yes. out by the deadline. Um, Absolutely. Um, I yeah. just don't remember exactly when it is, and I'm sadly yeah. gonna miss it again. Stop. I have not the yet country. made it. I'm sorry. I didn't leave the country <laughs> last year. But it's um, midweek, and I was working in Boston. Yeah. Um, so, you know, All right, request that, for next year, night out on a weekend, please. <laughs> or just take a week off. There's no harm in taking a week off for baseball. You're going to be a student again. So, you yeah, know, you don't have to make job commitments. That's going to fly really well. Bye, professors. Have fun with your dissection. I'm going to go watch a baseball game. Say it's for science. You're observing anatomy in the wild. <laughs> okay, so who's creepy? <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who wants to put R.A. Dickey in a functional MRI machine. I mean, so, to be fair, I mean, he does have a weird UCL because he has. He doesn't UCL. have one. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Right, or you could analyze that guy who looks the guy from yesterday. He looked like he was dislocating his shoulder Ooh. on every pitch. So the like, bottom line here is we're all creepy, and you know we can just end on that note. I think. And obsessed with weird stuff. Yes. On that note, um, Twitter, rusting pitch face with no G. Uh, all other stuff, restingpitchface.com and our Gmail, restingpitchface at gmail.com. Please don't, for once, actually email us to tell us how creepy you think we are. Because <laughs> we know. I mean, we know. So <laughs> if you have a comment about things that aren't how creepy we are or what you think Zach Britton actually tastes like, I guess. No, no, do no. not. Do not tell us what Zach Britton tastes like, please. As a note, no, no. Hannibal Lecter is also from Baltimore. So like, let's <laughs> not open that door. <laughs> I say while opening a door. 
Oh, he's not from Baltimore. He's originally from Lithuania, where he's a prince, but he lives in Baltimore. Oh my god, okay. What? <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm Kay. I'm Laura. I'm Sydney. <laughs> Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the A. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolates as a celebrate.